got a link here at Slam Master for the Dayton Poetry Slam. This, and welcome once again to another episode of the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. Uh, this time we are going back to April 17th, and we're going to give you two episodes today. Um, so this episode, then we're going to immediately upload the next one, just the other half of the slam. So today will be the, or this part was just the open mic of that performance, and then directly following is the poetry slam. So that should be a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy. Remember once again that the performances and the pieces are all the copyrights of the poets, unless otherwise stated, all rights reserved to the poets. So, without further ado, and enough of me yakking, let's jump back into the Wayback Machine and hit the April 17th Dayton Poetry Slam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, trans and pans, anything else I happen to sans, please give a huge round of applause to your first half host tonight. It's Jonathan! Oh no, y'all can do better than that. Come on. I know it's Zombie Jesus Day, but come on! You're all full of ham and regretful experiences from seeing your family for the first time since Christmas. I didn't expect anything more than that. I hate ham. Link doesn't like ham, y'all. But but he likes, you know, he likes bacon and like it's not it's not pork like as a meat product. It is but, ham specifically. But bacon has to be like it has to be charred beyond belief. We need CSI to come in to identify it as bacon. Black as my oldest child's soul. So, like, do you, like, shell out for the real good bacon and then burn the shit out of it? Or do you just get, like, the cheap bacon and burn the shit out of it? I actually get my bacon at Costco, so I don't know, what, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, like, you know, is it like a nice applewood smoked bacon? Like, what are you getting? I think so. It's the Kirkland bacon. I I don't, I'm not particular when it comes to bacon like that, just how it's cooked. Whatever, man. This is what happens when we don't have enough poets for the night. Yeah, there's, there's five people in the open mic. You all get two or three um, poems. We were going to do more than three, but then everybody would get a feature, and that, that would And then we'd never get Brave Nate off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. He told you you're number one. <laughs> Does it help get you through the dark moments? Actually, I gotta shout. I gotta shout him out real quick because Brave Nate, myself, and several uh, Letitia came and Aisha came, and we did an amazing open mic at the arcade on Friday. We were all like really trepidatious going in there, uh, but it was like, ooh, look what white people money can do. Um, but like. The, sh the show was hot. The show was really good. And like everyone's doing PG and everyone's being real nice. And Sierra comes up to me and goes, I want you to be funny. What? No, no, I can't. Read the room. But then Brave Nick gets up and is like, motherfucker, this, this shit. I steal your shit. I'm going to do this shit. I'm like, and that's what she said. But I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get in trouble. We did a great job. Don't call him up first, because he always gets called up first. But did you get in trouble? She was like, "What the hell is you poets doing?" It's called profanity. Fuck yeah! There we go. That's demonetized from YouTube. Which, if you go to our YouTube 
web or YouTube site, Dayton Poetry Slam on YouTube, you have to age verify in to watch Letitia's feature from the last show because YouTube flagged it as adult only within 10 fucking minutes. And just, just in case there's anybody here that isn't 18 years old, if you don't know how to lie about your age on the internet for the purposes of getting past a YouTube age blocker, you don't deserve to watch the video. I don't know what it actually like entails for like, but back like in the early days of the internet, like you literally just had to click, yes, I am over 18 years old, which meant that several 13, 14, and 15 year old boys were like, of course I'm 18, playboy.com. Why would I lie about that? We were all lying about it. Said, so don't call Brave Nate up first, right? I'm already up here, so that would not really work. All right, y'all, put your hands together for your first poet of the evening, Evan Whirler. You can read two or three poems of a reasonable length or one poem of a completely unreasonable length. Okay, so this one is new. Poppy seeds, sesame seeds, pepper, salt. According to bagel lore, this is what makes up everything. Dark matter, matter, dark energy. According to science, this is what makes up everything. If pastries and physics can summarize everything, then where do we fit in? I am certainly not a topping for a pastry, but I do happen to consist of matter. So what am I? And what are you? Am I a collection of various spices and seeds sprinkled on a piece of bread? Am I a bunch of particles that happen to be vibrating in a pattern that we have come to call life and sentience? If I was a bagel, could you taste my dreams? Would my fears and doubts carry a slightly bitter aftertaste to the umami of my soul? If I put everything that I am into a bagel, would it collapse on itself? Am I the collection of every decision, every mistake? Every rejection? Or am I more than the sum of my parts? Does the bagel ever worry that the salt might not be for everyone? Or that the sesame seeds made a mistake? Does the salmon or cream cheese that meets with the bagel ever make the bagel question, am I meant to carry everything, everywhere, all at once? If I am just a vibrating mass of particles in this one dimension, is my core being an illusion? Am I really just a meat puppet piloted by a bunch of electrical signals that have created the semblance of a soul? I am me. I am the me that I see and the me that each and every one of you see. We both create and observe at the same time and cycle so fast you can't tell the difference. And if I am creating and observing all of these versions across all of these different places, alongside every other person doing the exact same thing, then maybe who I am is an answer too complex for any of us to understand. And hell, across all universes, I might be a poet, a mother, a talking chair, a horrible eldritch abomination, or maybe somewhere out there, I am an everything bagel sitting on a bakery counter. Yeah. 
I don't know why I put this back. I forgot I got more than one. So I read this at the last one. And God damn it, I was proud of it, so I'm gonna read it again. Even if no one liked it, I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm glad you know what I'm talking about right off the bat. (laughs) And I will once again ask the question, who here has seen the opera Pirates of Penzance? (laughs) And knows the song, I am the very model of a modern major general. This is, I am the very model of a tired ass millennial. I am the very model of a tired-ass millennial. The information era has depressions quite perennial. I know the names of many folks whose death became political, from Brown to Floyd and Taylor to all victims unequivocal. I'm very well acquainted with tragedy sans precedent. I witnessed many war crimes by our active sitting president. Political correctness toes the line of moral apathy. Ugh, apathy. Of my 99 problems, you ain't even seen the half of me. I'm very good at overthinking anything and everything. Yes, I graduated, but I didn't learn a goddamn thing. I'm rhyming thing with thing. My my flow is quite terrestrial, for I'm the very model of a tired-ass millennial. Mentally divergent is another name for empathy. I'm on some kind of spectrum, and I do not mean biology. I care too much about things that have not a thing to do with me, like how actors slapping actors is a patsy for society to forget the role the U.S. played in Ukrainian democracy. Instead of loving myself, I stir some perpetuity to find someone whose loving could clear up some ambiguity. Red flags are easy when you see them with visual acuity, but wearing them can leave you cursed with improper promiscuity. Then I can write a scathing clap or possibly this very song and tell you everything about how season eight of Game of Thrones went wrong. But when it comes to US crimes and slavery tricentennial, I am the very model of a tired ass millennial. I will do two, I guess, for right now. Is that fine or should I do a third one? All right, I'll do that to be safe. Give it up one more time for Evan, y'all. All right, y'all. As uh, you may or may not know, it is National Poetry Month. As a result of this, or because we are more actively involved with our Facebook page and other social media during National Poetry Month to make up for our guilt for not being as involved with it the rest of the year. We are posting prompts roughly every Monday, even though I already forgot and there's only been two Mondays. And yet no one's complained. No, well, well, you don't get my Facebook messages. Um, (laughs) And you don't get the Facebook or the Instagram ones. They just, you know, I'm, I'm laying there in bed, two o'clock in the morning. Evan messages me on Facebook. He's like, you up? <laughs> no, that really didn't happen. Um, but because we are posting prompts every month this month and hopefully giving those of you that are like, I want to write something, but I don't know what to, want, know what to write about. A, some idea of what to maybe write about. In May, we will be doing our new shit slam 
the third Sunday of the month and the first Sunday of the month. We've got a very special feature, and I was going to say, Link is going to tell us more about that. Let me swallow my food first. Um, nah. our, our May feature is absolute Dayton favorite, Coco Flo. Started here. Started here, moved to South Carolina. She's coming back through for a major tour to celebrate her new book. Uh, it's going to be here. It's going to be on sale. It's going to be an amazing show. Um, and because, I mean, Coco Flows represented South Carolina in multiple national poetry events. Women she's of the world. We've been to Women of the World. She's been to um, Rust Belt. She's performed in the Southern Fried Regional in the team competition. So high, high caliber poet coming in. So with that in mind, the door charge for the next show will be bumped up slightly to $5 to help cover the cost of the feature. It's, 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 it's worth it, y'all. Oh, it's worth like 15. Three times that much. 15 being the three times, are you saying that it's worth $45? Well, you're good at math. I am good at math. Especially when it comes to like concert tickets and stuff. It's important, like important stuff like concert tickets. Yeah, I know math. Taxes, no, I don't know math. By the way, those are due tomorrow by midnight, just in case anybody's been putting that off. And any of you happen to be parents or watching on YouTube, happen to be parents, it's a good thing to teach your children about taxes. Eat a third of their Easter candy. <laughs> and eat the other third, two thirds too, because, well, you're saving yourself money on a dentist appointment. When we have five poets, we do go to great lengths to kill time. However, at the risk of not continuing to kill our audience, we are going to go ahead and call the next poet up to the mic. Y'all, put your hands together for True! First, I'm going to read a poem from my favorite poet and his new book. It's actually the number one book right now in LGBTQ poetry on Amazon. Um, it is called Time is a Mother by Ocean Vuong. And um, this poem is the first poem in this book called The Bull. He stood alone in the backyard, so dark, the night purpled around him. I had no choice. I opened the door and stepped out. Wind in the branches, he watched me with kerosene blue eyes. What do you want? I asked, forgetting I had no language. He kept breathing to stay alive. I was a boy, which meant I was a murderer of my childhood. And like all murderers, my God was stillness. My God, he was still there, like something prayed for by a man with no mouth. The green-blue lamp swirled in its socket. I didn't want him. I didn't want him to be beautiful, but needing beauty to be more than hurt gentle enough to hold. I reached for him. I reached, not the bull, but the depths. Not an answer, but an entrance, the shape of an animal like me. 
How do you shorten this? There we go. And this is my poem called Hope is Just a Billboard We Pass on Our Way to Hell. We heard the ambulance start screaming as they took your whole body and sighed like Jonah in the whale. Oh mother, tell us what's good for the needle is great when a fire inhales it quickly. I was too young then, my sisters barely knew how to paint a smile. Could anyone blame me for not learning how to tie your veins in a bow? You were the comma in my semicolon, the sweet and the lemon, the current in favor of a poorly crafted paper boat. And somehow these tires left tread marks on us, more than the absence of your love. Light flickering above the engines, rumbling asteroids below and beneath this crumbling life. Mother, are you still mad about the picture I drew of our non-existent family? How I used every shade of purple for your face, was I wrong? Were the ambulance lights too blinding or did I have trouble knowing the difference between choice and reason? Mother, if this continues, your soul will not remember how a dying son feels while swimming in the cosmos with silence. Mother. The stove is on fire, the bathroom door is open in your hand, a lighthouse pointing at the heart chamber full of a periodic table I've never met. The body you own, a clock forgetful that pain deserves time to heal, a time to forget, a time to remember how yesterday fucks tomorrow without consent. Oh my God, mom, I was at a traffic light when the detective called to say that you were gone. The phone line is empty and the kitchen floor is holding you still, still, still. That cold wooden surface, that kitchen floor where your head sleeps remains my biggest enemy for the needle itself held you closer in death than I knew you in life. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate you all coming out. I know it's a uh, unconventional Sunday being Zombie Jesus Day or depending upon what various different possibilities, or just Happy Easter. So, things along the, you're like, yes, go with Happy Easter, don't do zombie Jesus. What was it, Scott Woods posted this morning on Instagram, this picture from a uh, Cajun restaurant. And it's like, you know, Luke said to Jesus, we're going to do this shrimp boil again in three days. And Jesus goes, I'll be rolling through. <laughs> so... I know. I would say I'm going to hell, but he's got a sense of humor. Look at me. <laughs> so, all right. Got a few more poets, and we're going to have some more fun with that one. Figure out where we're going from there. I see everybody eating pizza, almost everybody eating pizza, which is awesome. So, yes. Did you guys know, did you guys hear the uh, great news about Pizza Bandit? So they got their permits approved, and they're going to be building a kitchen right in here. So it's going to be right there on the corner of the stage. No, <laughs> that'd be hilarious when you're trying to read a poem and somebody walks up to get their pizza. Uh, no, no, it's in the back room over there. So it's going to be great, though. Good thing for them. Uh, wonderful thing all around for Yellow Cab and ultimately us, too. So we'll have, be backing those and giving you details as we go about. And if you're not on our social medias, uh, it is Dayton Poetry Slam on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Slam Dayton on Twitter. Our website is DaytonPoetrySlam.com. We are not on Bumble, Insta, or uh, any dating site. 
I can't even say any others. That's how old I am. Would you stop with the FarmersOnly.com jokes? Unless you want to help sponsor the slam, FarmersOnly.com. We will shill for you. No problem if you want to sponsor us. So, all right. Next poet up. I'm, uh, he's eating, so I'm not going to call him. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to call you. I'm messing with you. No, I'm messing with you. I really am. Because you had literally just picked up the slice of pizza. I'm like, I'm going to get that motherfucker right now. <laughs> All right. Next poet up, please give a huge round of applause to Corey. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. There we go. Corey. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this first poem is a love poem. It's called, Will You Catch Me If I Fall For You? Will you catch me if I fall for you? Is that too much to ask? Am I just overthinking or will this love actually last? You make me optimistic for the future together. I know it's kind of sappy, but you got me thinking about forever. But I will just enjoy this for right now in the moment feeling. I can tell that you are a different love. That's why I'm afraid to fall. Am I ready to risk it all? Because at this point, I would just be exposing all my flaws and insecurities and imperfections. And I start to dissect the reasons why you will only stay in my life for a season, but you continue to stay, and I'm ready to trust you, love, even though I was I felt I wasn't enough. But you liked me for me, and that kind of triggers my anxiety. Love, I am ready to fall deeply if you promise to catch me when I start to fall. Not ready to risk it all. I don't want to be crazy in love. I want to be sane in love. Insane in love. Um, calm in love, confident in love, and content in love. Where you know what I'm thinking before I even think it love. The faces I make are never mistakes. You will take them as unspoken words that I don't think to say. I need our love to be reassuring. Is that too much to ask? Will you catch me if I fall for you? That's it. The second one is called, That's Not a Compliment. Pretty for a big girl is something that I've heard my entire life. I've always been told, baby, you're gorgeous. You have a gorgeous face, but you're, you could lose a little weight. A lot of the time, grown-ass women told me that, and it made me feel as if I were a mistake, but also, but that comment after comment told me I wasn't good enough and how I would never be able to love myself and I shouldn't be confident. Why the hell would you say that to me? It's not my fault that you hate yourself, sweetie. Um, by the way, that has nothing to do with me. You maybe want to use your two cents that you just gave me to invest in some therapy. I don't want your opinion. <laughs> then they get offended and think that I'm trying to be defensive and then try to cover it up their passive-aggressive attempts to try to make me wear clothes that make my body disappear. The joke is, I can't. They need to keep in mind that I am not a magician. However, I am a black girl. That means I'm magical. Growing up a big girl can be dramatic. Men think that I should just be lucky that they even looked my way and I should just fall to my knees and suck their dick whenever they please. That's sick, but it happens a lot more than you would think. Every time I blink, I would be having mindless 
conversations with people that I didn't even that didn't even know my last name or my favorite color. I get judged for talking to too many people and get called a hoe, but when men do it, it seems okay. When I first met a man, a man online, it starts like WYD. I'm like, none, WBU. And then he says, damn, baby, you sexy. What that mouth do? You trying to smash? First off, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a compliment. I am not pretty for a big girl. I am just pretty. Moral of the story is, as a big girl, there is a lot of unwanted or unwarranted compliments. took a diverted route to the stage to see if Brave Nate was still eating or not. I did not want to interrupt his meal. All right, yeah, we got three poets left for the night, including myself. After that, uh, we can play board games or something, I guess. Or we'll go around and do it again. Fine. If anybody else has poem, more poems or no, more we can people do that come too. in, we can just do the damn thing again. I thought maybe we could all play Monopoly together and never want to hang out again. Fuck you. Ain't no one want to play Monopoly. <laughs> Hell no. Not even like Star Wars edition. No, fuck that bullshit. Like, does, does adding like themes to Monopoly make it a better game? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Star Wars Monopoly. <laughs> Simpsons. I want to see how many analogies you are. <laughs> All right, y'all, like I said, there are three poets left in the evening, and we are going to go ahead and call one of them up. Um, you just came in. You get three pieces tonight if you want them. You can do less than that. We're not going to make you read three, but you can read three. I felt like that was relevant information to give to Garen. Right. You're not going next. That would just be cruel. Oh, I didn't consider the unusual aspect of it. <laughs> With that in mind, y'all put your hands together for your next poet of the evening, Brave Nate! Damn, I think I lost my, my piece. Hold on. Oh, all right, I mean, um, it's not uh, new to me, it's new to y'all. I mean, I wrote it a while ago. I just, I don't know, I was strolling through my notes and shit, and I, you know, made a little few little edits here and there. This is for my daughter that uh, passed away back in 2016 uh, from OD complications. Um, I don't even have a title for it, just... My oldest, my eldest, my firstborn, you left this not long ago. One minute full of life and the next minute you were fighting for it. Barely conscious, barely awake, one foot in the grave, one foot on earth. Oh man, this shit hurts. Life has its twists and turns, things happen without warning. You just have to be prayed up and prepared. 
Ain't no use in getting scared. Sometimes you have to skip the elevators and take the stairs. You gotta take the good with the bad. Tough times are, the tough times aren't forever, so stop being so sad. Tough times will determine just how tough you are. The scars on your arms, legs, face, and back show us just how rough you are. We will all have our own set of trials, so get prepared for yours now. My baby Cammie had hers back in the month of May. Two weeks she laid in that hospital and her mama was by her side every single day. Her condition was a little different. It was something that the doctors weren't used to. The devil whispering in her mama's ear, give up, but her mama refused to. The words that I have to use to describe what happened to my baby while up in the hospital would take about 100 lines. The doctors poked my baby with needles probably about 100 times. But the doctors and nurses up at Good Sam were just doing their jobs. They're human. They can only do so much. My baby needed a miracle. Any finger would do with God's touch. My baby's lungs were full of fluid on the daily, but the doctors kept them draining. Every day I'd get asked on how she was doing, and I lied each time and said, she's just maintaining. One minute she was improving, the next minute taking steps back. Come on, God, do your thing. I just want my baby back. Two full weeks in the hospital, not one of them days could she even speak. To speak ill of my baby's name while she was down, a motherfucker would have to be severely weak. But I forget all of you bastards, all of you son of a bitches, all of you deadbeat struggling mothers. My baby was loved dearly by her real friends, grandpas, aunties, sisters, and brothers. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, so please be careful if the only thing that you can come out of your mouth is dung. We all prayed every day, anything that could be done, we had tried it. We prayed for God, to, for Cammy to pull through, but God had already decided. My baby is getting her much-needed rest. No need to ever question God. Of course, God knows what's best. And if you have the opportunity to be in the presence of your children, then my people, you are truly blessed. That was that piece. All right, um, I wanna, uh, this is a new piece I'm working on. I'm, I'm trying to get it done. Um, Memorizing, if anybody that knows me in um, the poetry world, they know that I don't even like reading off of phones, but in order for me to keep on doing new shit, you know, I gotta. Yeah, yeah. Now look, uh, I'm just let y'all know this ain't about me. Just putting that out there, it's just, you know, it's just a poem, shit. And this is titled, When I'm Done, I'm Done. When I'm done, I'm done. I don't do all that bitter shit. I don't do all that back and forth Facebook and Twitter shit. I ignore all bitter bitches like I never even knew them. Say whatever it is you want to say on social media, baby. I ain't got to clap back. Fuck your Instagram, your Facebook page, and your Snapchat. I ain't checking your page, and I don't give a fuck about who else performs on your stage. I ain't checking for you. I don't give a fuck about how you doing. I don't care about who you texting, and I damn sure don't care about who you screwing. It's none of my business on who inbox you. You can't come back over here, baby. I didn't change the locks boo but I'll tell you what you can do you can come to my front yard meet me at the curb and pick up your lashes your spend a night brag with your bras your soiled ass panties and your socks too because when I'm done <laughs> but I didn't I, I'll tell you what you can't know 
Let me go back a little further. I didn't change the locks, boo, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can come to my front yard, meet me at the curb, and pick up your lashes, your spend the night bag with your bras, your soiled ass panties, and your socks too. Because when I'm done, I'm done. It was nice while it lasted. We went as far as we can go. Now go fuck with the next goofy ass bastard. And the signs were all there, and I still chose not to read them. You said all that shit you said. Now don't worry, you really gonna have to eat them. This relationship is done with, out of here, extinct. You can have all them clowns that you be entertaining. You can have all them sneaky links because when I'm done, I'm done. I can show I can show you better than I can tell you. You ain't no movie star, bitch. Before I met you, you was regular as fuck. You didn't even have no car, bitch. You got the wrong one. You ain't fucking with no slouch, baby. You ain't even got your own shit. You be sleeping on other people's couch, baby. Before I stress myself out over a lying ass, sneaky asshole, shit, I'll let your monkey ass go. Baby, the whole time I was with you, before I stress myself out over a sneaky ass lying asshole, I'll let your monkey ass go. Baby, the whole time I was with you, your hair wouldn't even grow. The back of your hair wouldn't even lay down. You would always add gel to it. Baby, I loved you to death even though your coochie had a little bit of a smell to it. I loved you anyway. I loved you when you ain't had shit. Every time I catch you being sneaky, I'd leave you alone, but then you would always want to come back on some sad shit, on some, I'm sorry, my bad shit. But when I'm done, I'm done. I delete whole text threads. I ain't trying to hear shit that you say or said, because in my mind, you already as good as dead. All the clothes and shoes you ever bought me, I got rid of that shit. Us ever being back together, man, I won't even consider that shit. Them Jordans that you bought me, man, you can have them back. I'll just get me some more, bitch. I'll either get another pair online or find them at another store, bitch. Because fuck closure. I don't need it. All them pics we took, videos too, deleted. I'm not one of them people that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, that I feel like that I'm stuck with you. The disrespect that you show me is the very same reason why I can't fuck with you. All that waiting around shit until you get yourself together is some clown shit. Because when I'm done, I'm done. My mindset is different now. I don't stand bullshit for too long. I really don't understand why I had to keep telling a grown-ass person every disrespectful thing that they did wrong. Every time we get into it, you run back and tell your friends shit about us. My mindset is different now. I don't stand bullshit for too long. I really don't understand why I had to keep telling a grown-ass person every disrespectful thing that they did wrong. Every time that we get into it, you run back and tell your friends shit about our situation that wasn't true. You can't even pay your own bills on time. And you want me to get on social media and brag about you? Man, you might as well not... You you might not have been my last, and you damn sure wasn't my first, but after everybody that I've ever been with, the headaches that you gave me just may have been the worst. All in all, if I'm being completely honest with myself, you added no value to my life. You kind of reminded me of gluten, but you're sadly mistaken if you think that I'm always going to love you because I damn sure ain't Whitney Houston. Fucking with you, you taught me a valuable lesson. I damn to fucking with you, you taught me a valuable lesson. I don't even want to learn no more. Man, I'll never fuck back with you. I ain't even trying to get burned no more. You know, there was a time when you couldn't have convinced me that you wasn't going to end up with my last name. And now, I don't even look at your ass the same. All that repeating myself to you over and over and over again had me thinking that your ass was kind of slow. I can't do this shit no more, not even another minute. And that's why I had to let your goofy ass go. <laughs> I'm 100% sure that just set a record for the most rewind requests in any single I was gonna ask. that we've ever had. Y'all, keep it going for Brave Nate. 
If you find yourself in need of ending a relationship with your current significant other and cannot find the words to do it, please go see Brave Nate. He has business cards. I don't know if he's got business cards. But... Oh, his ass got business cards. Uh, yeah, I got a contest coming up this week at OKD's restaurant. I'm gonna give y'all flyers, but it's for five hundred dollars. So you know, what I'm saying, you know, what, come on when out. When is it? Uh, what, what, where you at? I'm right right here. When is it? This Friday. Friday, okay. Yep, on the 22nd, I'll give everybody some flyers. Look at that. He taught you how to break up with someone, and now he's giving you a chance to win five hundred dollars. Bob Barker ain't got shit on Brave Nate. <laughs> For those of you who are too young to remember who Bob Barker is, y'all missed out. You can watch reruns of The Price is Right on YouTube. You can also see Bob Barker in a feature role in the seminal golf film, Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler made like four good movies, and Bob Barker's got the best line in one of them. Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half. Waterboy was good until Comedy Central decided to play it every night for three years in a row. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I'm sorry? I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Like, I used to enjoy Waterboy. It was a fun movie. And then I was like, oh, I can't fall asleep and Comedy Central has Waterboy on again. Well. And then he gave us Little Nicky. Wait, people actually like Little Nicky? Are you trolling us right now, True? <laughs> Most of the Adam Sandler movies I've watched as an adult, I've watched, well, very intoxicated, so perhaps I, think, I don't have a true appreciation of the cinematic. I think that's the point. Like, the, uh, he's done a lot of, he's a really good dramatic actor, oddly. Oh, yeah, the, um, the jeweler, he was a jeweler. Uncut Diamonds, yes, I believe. Yes, that was fantastic. Um, he was good in the movie he was in with Don Cheadle as well that was about 9-11 that I can't remember the name of right now. Funny People was a pretty solid movie as yeah, well where he, didn't, that shit. where he didn't play an overgrown toddler. Rain Over Me. There it is. There it is. I saw that in theaters. I thank you for saying you had that on Google and you're just not like I know the name of every Adam Sandler movie ever from Overboard to whatever the last movie he made is probably grown ups too yeah alright we've killed enough time Adam if you have come in in the past like 5-10 minutes we have only got 6 poets signed up tonight and if you can't tell we are trying more than ever to fill time we we about to play the damn Jeopardy theme here in, in just a little bit. No, we got we got a couple poets left, and then uh, we'll figure it out from there. I know we will. I know that Bars is on his way. Is that the rumor, or are you just hoping? No, I I I've, it's been confirmed. Okay, Bar, Bars kid is on his way. Yeah, 
Right? That's what you guys said. I'm trusting y'all. <laughs> okay, I just thought you were going to like sit over there and just hope that certain poets were on their way. Now I'm just going to play old recordings off YouTube of, of his performances. <laughs> you kids sit down. Link's going to get his poetry records out. <laughs> All right, we're going to call what is currently our penultimate poet of the evening up. That's not going to be the case, though, because Bar's Kid is on his way. I just wanted to say penultimate because Link enjoys the word. Y'all, put your hands together for... Garen! Uh, let me just pull this up. It's great to be here. I hope everyone's having a good night. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> what? Do it one more time. Thank you. Okay, let me pull this up now. <laughs> okay. There is a grinding part of me tied at the skull that carries like a beast of burden. For all the times that it gnashes its teeth, wretches its jaws until they pop off the body and scurry under fridges and into vents like rodents, it never, even for a moment, loses its death drive and libido for masochism. It'll do you no good, Sisyphus. You can drop the rock, you know. But is it really any better to lie as still as stagnant water? And that's it. Thank you. Y'all, give it up one more time for Garen. We're going to write Bar's name down, but we're not going to call him up till he gets here because why would we not, why would we call him up before that? All right, y'all, put your hands together for your next poet of the evening, me. All right, so two years ago, I was on, a, I was in a Facebook group where they gave you prompts literally every day and... One of them was to write a poem as though you were an infamous member of um, history. Um, infamous meaning someone that's well-known, but not for good reasons. Um, this is called Charlie. I was born no-name Maddox. November 12th, 1934, Cincinnati, Ohio. I do not remember my mother's name, but every man she brought home called her... But every man she brought home was named John, played father, showed me love with their hands, sent me to live with my aunt in West Virginia, took off her Bible belt, beat the love of Christ into me, back with my mother, Indianapolis, reform school, boys home, reformatory after reformatory after reformatory, federal reformatory, Chillicothe, and this was a boy's life. This was me becoming a man, notching my Bible belt with broken laws, Christ inside me, West Coast, Spawn, movie ranch, became a family man, showed love like all men I'd known had, destroying anything that stood in my way, Beatles 
Bibles, records number nine, number nine, number nine, Revelation, 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 Helter Skelter, leave something witchy, murder, Sharon Tate, blood on walls, have you seen the little piggies crawling in the dirt, and for all the little piggies, life is getting worse, I was God, I was Jesus, I fed the family LSD, became their holy ghost, they breathed life into my spirit, death into the California hills, and a nation turned, tuned in for the trial, murderer without lifting a finger, murder through sheer will, Christ immaculate, Christ incarnate, and they called me guilty, my children called me savior, called me redeemer, for I took them in, I did not reject them, and they laid those who rejected me down. I would die trapped behind stone, behind walls, and my children will still remember my name to keep it holy. For anyone that's not familiar with Charles Manson, There was a weird time in the mid to late 80s and early 90s where he was a, um, like a cult hero of sorts. Link, do you recall that? Uh, actually, I, I do recall that and them referring to Yellow Springs as the village that Charlie built because he said if he would ever be released from prison, that's where he would go live. I, see, I don't know if he actually said that or if oh, it was just like did. part of the lore. That no, he, he actually okay. did say that. Because um, he said lots of things. Yeah, so... Fun, fun fact, my aunt in California used to be the supervisor of the mailroom at San Quentin. Which is where Charlie Manson was housed. And they actually would, once a week, they would draw straws to see who was the person that was going to deliver mail to him. And they had to like put in earplugs and earmuffs on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and headsets on to even approach his cell. Because he doesn't shut up. Also, well, he does a, now. He, well, yes, yes, but he was about this tall. Also, there's no more disappointing moment in your entire life than when someone accepts Charles Manson's marriage proposal. This was several years ago, obviously. He's been dead since like 2015 or 16, I think. And you've been single for like eight years, and Charles Manson's out there like getting married and shit. I mean, I'm engaged now, so it worked out, and I didn't have to kill anybody or carve a swastika in my forehead. And I figure if you can accomplish something without doing that, you're winning at life, so. This is called Country Club America. If you're looking for a country club to call your own, try Country Club America. With over 2 billion acres of land, we are certain we can find the perfect place for you. We feature 12,000 miles of coastline and three mountain ranges. We have over a dozen different climates you can make your home in. We provide our members with globally recognized benefits such as freedom of speech, the right to keep and bear arms, protection from unreasonable searches and seizures, the right to a fair trial by a jury of your peers, enjoy some of the most ethnically diverse cuisine you'll find anywhere in the world. From luxury high-rises to planned suburban communities, Country Club America provides you with a variety of living styles to choose from, each with their own set of stunning benefits. So why go anywhere else? Country Club America, greatness from sea to shining sea. Please note, Country Club America is not responsible if your individual experience differs from the one described. Upon arrival, all potential members must meet certain racial, economic, social, and cultural criteria in order to enjoy the full benefits of the previously described package. 
packages. If the desired living area is out of your price range, Country Club America reserves the right to place you in a living arrangement of its choosing. Assigned living arrangements may not allow for means to proper nutrition, education, or the means to obtain upward mobility within the club itself. Additionally, while Country Club America does offer the right to free speech to all members, if it is determined that you have engaged in a speech that is damaging to the club, our security team will has been authorized to remind you of their motto, Country Club America, love it or leave it. While the club does offer the right to a fair trial, we've authorized our security team to use lethal force when and where they so desire. Once our security team has chosen to utilize lethal force, you reserve your right to a fair trial will be waived, and we will remind everyone of the lengths our security team goes to in order to keep them safe. Upon being forcefully expelled from the country club, members will lose certain legal protections, among them the protection against libel and or slander. We will tell your loved ones we are sorry for their loss and promise to reform club policy, but at the end of the day, we have to cover our ass. If it is determined that any group may require the club to change its policies in order to be more inclusive, some of our members have been encouraged to scrutinize those pushing for these changes. To learn more about our nationalist package, please visit our website or call our nationalism team at 1-800-074-1776 and then dial the extension 0911. Country Club America and its sponsors are responsible for the content of this ad. Some members in, com members in commercial may have been paid for their testimony. I can't talk that fast again if I had to. <laughs> I do remember those Micro Machines commercials. So do you think they gave that guy speed or do you think he just talked that fast? It was the 80s. Everybody was a little coked up, even the babies. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> I was born in 1985, so I immediately included myself in that group to the surprise of no one. The last piece I have for the, this evening is a cover piece. It is by Polly Lipman. It's called Day In, Day Out. I, what? Okay. A handgun is a machine, moving interlocking parts, analog. The barrel and crosshair resemble the modern electric symbol for power. It is a marriage of one and zero. A gun is binary. Bullet one, barrel zero. A gun is power. Suicide is binary. A noose is digital. A one, straight rope, and a zero, looped knot. Switch is a, suicide is a switch. On, off, on, off, day in, day out. Ian Curtis was analog. A spun gun cylinder is a random number generator. A freely lived life is analog. A fishnet is digital. The Zodiac Killer signified himself with a crosshair symbol, a Mandela, carving a zero with a series of ones. The Zodiac was a switch. A halo is a zero floating above a one. Angels are digital, servants to a program. Humans carved from angels 2.0. Mankind is a glitch. DNA is analog. God is binary. A guillotine frame is a one and zero. The blade, a relay. Execution is digital. A surveyor's compass is binary. Crosshatch, a vacant lot, is analog. A sailor's compass is a one and zero. Maps are random number generators. Magnets are analog. Death is a switch. Off, off, off. Death is air. A gun is switch. A noose is relay. God speaks disaster. A hurricane is power. An earthquake analog. Lightning is power. Electric, electricity, digital. ACDC, digital. Reproduction is binary. I lost my spot doing the funny thing. I'm sorry. 
Trans is analog, church, digital, prayer, analog, murder, binary, man, woman, flesh, war, 0010101000111001. Humans are strung code, on, off, on, off, day in, day out. We are moving interlocking parts. Our mouths, our open mouths, a zero, body, mind, heart, one. We are a circuit. call you up oh okay our potential penultimate poet for the evening y'all put your hands together for the man that's been working the soundboard all night and briefly took over hosting duties Lincoln Schreiber no that didn't hurt just pretended like it was a baseball announcer What baseball announcer does Driver! Good God. All right. So, just got a few, few oldies that I wanted to get out. Love it. Still crusty. Everyone hates you until you're gone. At the service, heads were hung low. The room was three-quarters full, and everyone wore a solemn expression. It was obvious that the family was grateful for such a turnout. The chairs were plush and reeked of more expense than the deceased would have ever spent during his life. The body was unrecognizable in a suit, devoid of the trademark ball cap sunglasses and slight reek of cheap stale beer. He would have hated this scene. He would have wanted to be standing up in the corner of his trademark Rams windbreaker that had been sewn up more than Frankenstein's monster. A beer sitting on the ground with cigarette ashes leaking out. Not this swanky affair and certainly not with this much sadness. The front row of me was occupied by my radio station peers. Friends is too strong of a word for most of the people you work with. Sometimes that changes, and he was one of those exceptions, a kind-hearted man, but abrasive all in the same tone. You know, a jackass. One of those peers was inconsolable and weeping into a handkerchief that probably hadn't seen the light of day since their last funeral. Secretly, I laughed to myself, and the little bill on my mind, we both laughed. I know that he would share this giggle, because let's face it, some people only give a shit about you when you die. In the short span of two weeks, the talk of the station had been suddenly transitioned to how much he fucked up on the air and the fact that we should get rid of his stupidity because he cheapens and lowers the entire station. The common refrain of, what the hell does he, dot, 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 and I've told him time and time again, dot, 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 was almost commonplace at board meetings. However, today, they're talking about naming the studio after him. It's unfortunate fact that artists only truly find their audience post-mortem. Van Gogh only sold two paintings in his lifetime and died near penniless. Afterwards, people fight and academics lose their funding over which pronunciation of the name they happen to be adhering to that day. Bach was thought more of his playing than his composing. Now no one remembers that he was one of the most sought-after church organists in all of Germany. Thoreau was finally published when he went to the printers and paid for the shit himself. Now he's being credited as one of the most originators of the tiny house movement. Bill was a bumbling house DJ with no on-air charisma. 
And now you're putting a plaque on the sound bar he once blew up by spilling a Coke on it. Hearing the words of the grieving make empty promises and voice concerns that never crossed their mind before this death has me suppressing laughs and coughs all at the same time. I regress to a bubblehead status because to call them out would be shitty even for me. Just allow them their time and their false words to give them comfort because that's all they are right now. Next week, there'll be a memorial picture, a tribute, perhaps some recordings played. Then the memory will fade into legend, the legend into myth, and they'll be pissed off at someone else soon enough, unless they die too. People hate you until you die. Then you're so much more, but only for a passing moment. So this one just rang really true. You know, Easter, you're around a bunch of family, a bunch of folks. And, and this one kind of, you hear things like this a lot. This is called first world problems. I'm sorry, I couldn't help but overhear you were in a line about, a bad, about what a bad day that you're having. Well, I know that it's not a competition since the barista seems to be taking forever. Seriously, what the fuck is the holdup? Let me tell you about how I lost half my index finger in a bizarre charcuterie accident. I was reaching for some dry-aged imported venison sausage while my work husband was trying to slice off a piece of buffalo milk smoked cheddar cheese infused with jalapeno. Well, I never knew those little knives were that sharp, and it went right through my index finger. Well, of course, I was devastated because that's the finger I use whenever I play Candy Crush, and I'm only on level 75, and I don't think that I could move that fast with another finger. So I waited on the bartender, who was way faster than this barista, seriously! And while she was going sadistic on a fresh block of ice to pack my severed finger in, Joey, my real husband, searched through Yelp to find which hospital had the best rating, and it was absolutely mind-blowing. The highest-rated hospital was 7.4 miles away, had in-room first-run movies, and a Starbucks that delivers... It was a star and a half higher than the hospital 2.5 miles away, who only had a Boston Stoker that you have to walk to. So now my finger is packed in ice and I stole one of the cloth napkins to tie around my wound as we went with Lyft instead of Uber to travel to the hospital. And since I was in so much pain because of the jalapeno from the buffalo milk smoked cheddar cheese, we decided to go with an XL. But when he finally showed up, Bob, our driver, said I was bleeding too much to get in. So, long story short, I finally get to the hospital, and while sitting in the ER and waiting for this doctor to finish showing my finger back on, the Starbucks brought me a grande flat white with six months of cinnamon dolce. Six? I mean, I know I'm already in the hospital, but they want me to puke too? So as soon as I could move my finger again, I gave them two stars on Yelp. And the worst part of all of this, I got blood on my new phone case, and it's outside the time to return it. Now, what were you saying about your kids using all the hot water this morning? All right. I will introduce the last poet that I had on the list because they were just like, hey, let me read. So I'm going to give Jonathan a minute because he has no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, trains and pans, please give a huge round of applause to Tony. No. My God. My mind just went, I'm done. I know, I know. Do you know who you're talking about? Link? I do, and, and I'm horribly sorry for fucking that name up. Um, 
Please, on three, you may shame me. One, two, three. Shame. Thank you. You may put shame in the comments on YouTube as well. Please, folks, give a huge round of applause to Andy. Like anybody really cares. I was going to say, I do the thing of the guy that owns Woody and Buzz. Okay. An open letter to women who look like me. Dear fellow white feminist, it has come to my attention through my many conversations with the black women of my acquaintance that we are doing a great disservice to our sisters of color. We are we are, through our poor exercise of our vocabulary, contributing to a harmful stereotype. In our well-meaning efforts to speak for them as if they lack the capacity to speak for themselves, we often speak of their anger. It's not that they aren't angry. Fuck yeah, they're beyond such prosaic emotions as mere anger. Restricting our language to the simplicity of anger underscores the laziness of our allyship. When faced with the ways in which black women are underserved by the healthcare system, their staggering rates of infant mortality and maternal mortality, the higher fatality rates they face for breast cancer and cervical cancer, the poor access to preventive care in spite of the overwhelming numbers of people in their community living with heart disease and diabetes, anger is too tepid to Anger is too tepid to name the emotions that they are facing as they watch their mothers, sisters, and daughters die premature deaths at the hands of a society that places less value on their lives because of the color of their skin. Look next at an education system that fails black girls at every turn. From the moment they walk through the door of their first schoolroom, they're viewed through a lens of low expectations, expectations of mostly trouble. Those who actually suppress the limitations placed on them by the lack of faith shown in them and graduate from high school are too often overlooked by colleges and are less likely, by no fault of their own, than their white peers to graduate. These inequities are enough to justify several lifetimes of utter outrage, but we have succeeded in fitting our sisters with the lens of angry black women, ensuring that they can never be seen as anything else. Would any of us, my fellow white women, have achieved even half so much in our lives were we similarly burdened by the fetters and shackles that hold our sisters back? After a lifetime of striving to overcome systemic discrimination and persecution, how many of us would accept such a desultory description as angry? Black women are fucking superheroes, every single one. Can we... Black women are fucking superheroes, every single one. Can we stop trivializing them and pigeonholing them with the least imaginative words at our disposal? Let us please use the education our privilege gave us to choose more nuanced and evocative expressions of their lifetimes of accumulated fury and disgust than simply angry. Thank you for your consideration in this important matter. Okay, folks, that was the open mic portion of the April 17th edition of the Dayton Poetry Slam. In our next episode, coming up um, probably just after you've listened to this one, uh, we'll have the actual Poetry Slam 
that is coming up in from the April 17th show. So that should be a lot of fun. Stick around for that one. And don't forget our shows twice a month, first and third Sunday of the month at Yellow Cab Tavern in downtown Dayton. That's where all these shows are recorded live. You should stop in sometime, share your own words. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe to the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. Once again, copyright 2022 and to the Dayton Poetry Slam, but all property and all poems inside this piece, uh, inside this, uh, what we presented to you today, are all the works of the poets and the rights are with them.